You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So I want, I want, this is the title of my message. So everybody say, hey, hey. that's my harvest. That's my message this morning. I want to tell you, I'm believing God for this day. It's a special day. And, the, and today, as we make our faith commitments into the future, i got to tell you something. The devil is nervous. What you do today, what happens over this next couple of weeks will determine whether heaven will be more populated and whether we plunder hell. Amen. Today, the devil's nervous, and I'm excited to be with you today because I got a word I shared in our church that I really believe helped set us up for our season, and I just want to add to all the great things you guys are doing. Are you ready? Say, hey, that's my harvest. (laughs) Father, we come around your word today. Speak to us, I pray. I thank you, Lord, today people will come to know you as Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, that each of us will hear from you in Jesus' name, and everybody said... Just turn to the person next to you and say, you smell good. (laughs) Let's get straight into the Word. I want to read to you a quote from the wisest man in all the world. How many would want to, if you were going to hear a quote from the wisest man in all the world, how many would want to listen to what he says? Okay, so this is his name. His name is Solomon. And this is what it says in Ecclesiastes. Now, this is the wisest man in all the world. Ready for it? If the clouds are full, they will pour rain on the earth. Wisest man in all the world said, wow, look at those rain clouds. It's going to rain. Write that down. Wisest man. Said that. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? Okay. Now watch this. He goes on and says, look, whether a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where it fell, there it will lie. (laughs) Wisest man in all the world is teaching you and I this principle of inevitable. In other words, If you look up in the rain, the sky rather, and the clouds are full of rain clouds, you can say it's inevitable. It's going to rain. Wherever a tree falls to the north or to the south, there it is. (laughs) It will lie there. It is inevitable. You catch it? Now watch what he does because now he brings it home to you and I. And look what he says now about these inevitabilities. He who watches the wind will fail to sow or to give. And he who observes the clouds will fail to reap. Inevitable. Just as inevitable, if the clouds are full of water, it's going to rain. Just as inevitable, wherever a tree falls, there it is. A person who looks at the wind says, this is not a good time to sow. There's a, that you, you don't understand. It's covid you don't understand. It's, it's, it's a hard time in the economy. You don't understand. This is just not a good moment. And I want to say to you, it's inevitable that if you look at the wind, you look at the clouds, you won't sow. And as inevitable as it is, as the clouds are full of water, it will rain. As inevitable as it is, wherever a tree falls, there it will lie. If you don't sow, you will not reap. That's what the Bible says. Acts chapter 10. Watch this. You're talking about, hey, that's my harvest. And I want to encourage you today, we don't just need to be good sowers, but we need to be good reapers. Yeah. 
Amen. Now, we don't give to get, but I want to tell you something. We get to give. And I want to say this to us, that it's not just a seed mentality that we've got to have, but we've got to have a harvest mentality. Because the Bible says, whatever you sow, you will reap. So God wants you to reap. So you better know what your seed is and you better know what that seed looks like so you know what your harvest is going to look like. Otherwise, you won't know what's your harvest. Hey, that's my harvest. Watch this. Come here. Check this out. I love this one. Acts chapter 10. In Caesarea, there's a man called Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He's a good Italian boy. And he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those who were in need and gave to God regularly, prayed to God regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. I want to tell you, your giving can't buy you a miracle, but it can position to get you one. It can put you in a place where you can receive one. Watch this. Your prayers and your gifts have come up before God. Your giving has got God's attention. I wonder today whether our giving gets God's attention. And look what it says here now. He goes, now I want you to send men to Joppa to bring a man called Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Come down to verse 24. Peter comes. The following day he arrived in Caesarea and Cornelius expecting them, watch this, called all his family and all his relatives together. He's a typical Italian. They do nothing by themselves. It's always the family. You see, Cornelius knew that God was going to do something and he went, that's my harvest and I'm bringing my family in on it. And can I want to tell you, when when you give, God blesses you. And it doesn't mean that you bought the miracle, but you positioned yourself to receive it. I like that. Luke chapter 7, watch this one. When Jesus finished saying all these things to all the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. I've been to this very place. There was a centurion servant whom the master highly valued, and he was sick and about to die. And the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews asking him, Jesus, to come heal his servant. Here's a good principle. You want to make sure that if you're working for somebody, that you are so valuable to your company, to your boss, that when you get sick and you're about to die, they're praying for you to get healed. Not going, well, you win some, you lose some. And here's a lesson for all the employers. you got to value the people who are valuable. Because here, says, I can't do without this guy. I need this man healed. I can't do everything I'm supposed to do. Now watch, let's read on. And it says here, I love this. When they came to Jesus, these Jewish elders pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves you to do this. Say what? Because he loves Israel and he builds our synagogues. Now, what did Jesus say to such a radical statement? What do you mean he deserves me to do it? Jesus went, I'll go with him. Jesus didn't say you can't buy a miracle. 
This man's given me, he built, what does he do? He loves Israel and he builds the church. Jesus said, Amen. I want you to notice that your giving matters. That actually your seed and what you do actually produces a harvest. Come on, somebody. And of course, we read on in that story. We know the story when, when the centurion hears that Jesus is coming. And the Bible says, you know, um, you know, when he heard Jesus, don't come, Jesus. I, all you have to do is speak the word. I know how this works. Do you know what this man did? This man knew there was a harvest. And he knew that actually, listen, Jewish elders spoke well of him. This is the occupying force in Israel, a Roman soldier. And he's saying to Jesus, I know how this works. I tell a man in authority and under authority. I tell this one, come and he comes. And I tell this one, go and he goes. God give us people who do what they're told. And he goes, all you got to do, I understand authority. Hey, I, I know there's a harvest for this young man. I know there is, and I know how this works. I too am a man of authority, and I recognize your authority, and I love Israel, and I build the church, and I need this man to be well to help me to do all that I'm called to do. And Jesus goes with them. <laughs> all right, let's go. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Here's the thought. Don't eat your seed. Sow your seed. Eat the bread that He provides because your seed is your harvest. So don't eat your seed because if you eat your seed, you just ate your harvest. Hey, that's my harvest. I'm not eating the seed. I'm sowing the seed. Come on, everybody say, hey, that's my harvest. So the couple of thoughts I want to give you. Number one, you've got to name your seed. You've got to name your seed. You see, I believe faith is voice activated. Hey, watch this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There was nothing out there. It was dark, formless, empty. And God said, let there be light. Faith is voice activated. The Bible says we are saved if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Are you catching this? You've got to make sure that you actually name your seed. Are you catching this? You got an otherwise what? I mean, an, a, a guy, an, a farmer who's going to plant an apple seed, he knows it will produce an apple tree. He knows it. When he's sowing it, he's expecting the harvest. How will you know what your harvest is if you didn't name it? If you didn't know what it is that you were sowing in Jesus' name? Amen. So, what we got to do is some of us have got to get good with good. We're so used to bad and crisis. Some of us are addicted to crisis. And if there is no crisis, we'll create one because we're more comfortable and familiar in the crisis. And God wants to bless you and God wants a harvest for you. But you won't even be willing to receive the harvest unless you're good with good. I remember years and years ago, I said to my wife, I said, honey, I'm going to believe God for a watch. Now, I didn't have a parasite mentality. I'm not one of those faith hinters, you know, going around telling everybody what I'm believing for, hoping somebody will give it to me. <laughs> you know, those people, I call them, gimme, 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 my name's Jimmy. Take, 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 my name's Jake. Now, if your name's Jake or Jimmy, I apologize. You will be teased for a couple of days after this. 
But I want to tell you, I, I was honestly believing I'd be able to buy it. And I said, honey, I, re- I mean, I'm a bit of a watch guy. I like watches. And so I'm going to believe God for a Bentley Breitling green face watch. And I said, that's a nice watch. Now, that's me. I like watches. And so my wife looked at me. She goes, knowing you, I know you, it will happen. I wasn't thinking someone was going to give me one. I was thinking I'd buy it. And then I said, just being a little bit like, you know, adding faith to faith, I kind of went, wouldn't it be cool if it was a Rolex? That'd be kind of nice. That'd be nice. And, uh, and I kind of said it half jokingly, you know. And then two weeks later, I'm in a conference. I meet this man for the first time in my life. I'm sitting next to him. He's 85, closer maybe to 90. And he looks over at me. He's an old Pentecostal preacher who I've got tremendous respect for. And I was such an honor to just meet the guy. I'm sitting next to him at a conference. And he looks at me and he says, God told me to give you something. And I'm looking at him, I'm going, man, I'm good. You don't need to give, like, I'm not young compared to, you know, like, well, he's older than me. You with me here? So in my eyes, I can't, this young guy can't take something from this old guy. Do you know what I mean? That's just not right. And he looks at me and he starts taking off his watch. And he goes, God told me to give you my watch. And I'm going, buddy, I don't need your watch. Thank you so much. I'm good. And then he starts crying. He goes, what's wrong with you? God told me to give it to you. It's a gold Rolex GMT with a green face. There's only 250 in the whole world. And that's the day I realized that it doesn't just take faith to believe for something. Watch this. It takes faith to receive it. I actually had to use my faith to receive something because you got to get good with good. Hey, that's my harvest. Are you catching this? Come on. You got you to you sow your seed. You got to name your seed. I think this is good preaching myself. Watch this. Watch this. Come here. Come here to Galatians 6. To the one who is taught the Word is to share all good things with the one who teaches him. Share means give. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, I got a cough. For in due time, we will reap if we don't grow weary. So then while we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who are of the household of faith. This is a significant moment in the life of your church. This is harvest time. This is what you sow will determine your harvest. And I've come to just, come on, I just want to encourage you. We've been doing the same thing in Wave Church in the last 21 years. We've seen people give over and above their tithe $41 million. And we're able to buy buildings. We're able to do work around the world, help missions, humanitarian response, respond to global disasters, be involved in community. And can I tell you something? I'm saying this today because I believe you've got to name your seed and you've got to know what your harvest looks like and you've got to get good with good. God will not mock you. God will not mock you. Number three, listen to this. We must be seed conscious sowers. Don't be, don't be deceived, the Bible says. This is how God starts it out. I believe you and I walk past the fields of harvest that belong to the saints, but if you don't, if you don't name your seed, how will you know it's your harvest? 
And I'm, I'm thinking about that with the watch as a, maybe like to some people that might be a funny story, but it sure meant the world to me. And it took faith and humility to receive it. Are you hearing me? I think about when I first walked onto the property in Virginia Beach, we were renting this building and this land and I stood on it and I remember going, Lord, we'll buy this. I'm naming it. That's ours. Hey, that's my harvest. That's ours. Then we had another piece of land down the other side of Virginia Beach. Back in those days, it was the boondocks. Nobody lived down there. But I said, not only will we have this building, but we'll build a building down there. Hey, that's my harvest. We'll build a children's centre. We'll build a convention centre. We'll build a youth centre. And then I said, we'll have campuses all over the place. This is 22 years ago. People weren't doing campuses then like they are now. Can I tell you something? When we were believing God to buy a home on the Chesapeake Bay, I said, I said to, to the church, Cheryl and I are going to name our harvest. We're going to have a house on the Chesapeake Bay. You need to know it wasn't a it, it's an expensive place to have have land. And some people laughed at me. And I said, in five years, we will have it. And because I'm sowing and I'm saying, Lord, I thank you. I'm good with good. You've blessed me. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and I'm not beneath. I'm a seed sower. I'm a man of faith. And Lord, you are good. And what you do is good. And you take pleasure in the prosperity of your people. I am blessed to be a blessing. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, O Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Come on, somebody. Hey, that's my harvest. And I remember four years into it, Sharon, my wife says, let's go and start looking for houses. I said, no, it's not the fifth year. I said, five. She goes, we're going to look at houses. How many know we went to look at houses? You need to know my wife. I, I, I've been married to this girl for 38 years this November. And, and here's the thing, 38 years, but I'm on my fifth wife. She's changed so much. I don't know who she is anymore. It's the same girl. You understand? Sometimes I say, could you go back to the girl I married? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where did all this boldness and faith come from? And she's, she's standing on this piece of land, one acre on the Chesapeake Bay. And Sharon is the most stable, mature, reliable, steadfast, unflappable, non-sensational. She's grounded. And she stood on this property. And this is what she did. She started shaking. And I'm going, what the heck is going on with her? She's never done this. She goes, Steve, this is ours. This is ours. You see, when you name your harvest, you know it's yours. When we named our children, they're ours. You'll know you'll have, hey, that's my harvest. And I knew that was what's happening right then and there. And I looked at the real estate agent and said, I got no idea how we'll ever afford to do this, but I'm going with her right now. And I'm adding my faith to hers. I'm good with good. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Come on, somebody. You name your children and they're yours. You name your seed and you give it an assignment. We're believing God to build a children's center. And it was like a, back in, this is probably 15 years ago. And I said, I call that debt free. I'm naming it paid off. 
And by the grace of God, $4 million children's facility paid off. Then I said, we're believing God to buy seven more acres and we're going to pay for it cash. Then I said, we're going to pay cash on the other piece of land, 31 acres, and we paid for it cash. And then I said, I'm believing God that we're going to actually build a building and it will be cash and we paid for it cash. And then in the city of Norfolk, I said, I'm believing God to buy a building and we'll pay cash for it. And we paid cash for it. Just recently, just two months ago, we said, church, I believe God told me that we're going to have a building in Richmond. We already had a church. We were meeting at a cultural arts center. And I said, God told me that He's going to give us a building. Now that thought never crossed my mind. I'd already saved up millions of dollars to buy this campus. The thought of God giving it to me, and I kind of went, I don't know why I didn't think that. And I went, but I am now. And I said, I'm believing. Let me tell you, two months ago, we just got given a $6 million building. Come on, somebody's got to catch this. You got to catch this. You got to name your harvest. You got to give your seed in the Simon. You got to get good with good. God wants to bless you. Hey, that's my harvest. <laughs> I'm still naming things. I'm still, name, I'm, I'm still naming new campuses. We want to have 20 campuses. I'm still naming. I'm still, I, I tell you, I've been, our, I've been in our youth center. We haven't built it yet, but I've been in it. I've preached in it. I've seen the altars filled. We're going to have all sorts of things in there. It's, we're called Wave Church. So we're going to have a wave machine in that building. We're going to have a skateboard park inside that building. We're going to have a thousand seat auditorium as part of that building. I'm also calling our college. I'm naming it. I thank you, Lord, for auditoriums and classrooms and dormitories. Can, what are you naming? What are you believing for? Come on. Have you got a harvest? Don't just be a good sower, but be a good reaper and understand that you don't give to get a miracle, but when you give and God blesses you because you gave, you positioned yourself. We are the head and not the tail. We are above only and not beneath. Can anybody say amen? Amen. At the head, there's a lot of good stuff going on. At the head, watch this. There's brains, hopefully. At the head, watch this. There's vision. There's hearing. There's taste. There's smell. There's not a lot of exciting stuff at the tail. God's made you the head. Blessed to be a blessing. Come on. I'm not afraid of COVID. Come on. (laughs) I want you to catch it. Here's another thought. Number four, don't throw away your seed. Don't throw your seed. Name your seed. I believe sowing should be motivated by an act of worship. Watch this. When God sowed his son. For God so loved the world that he what? What gave? He sowed. God so loved the world that he sowed. And when they nailed Jesus to the cross and then put that cross in the earth, they sowed, he sowed a son and he reaped the redemption of mankind. Are you kidding? God sowed a son and the whole world is redeemed because of what God sowed. That's the harvest for the church. That's what I love about that story. 
that was up on that Vision Builders video. Wasn't that amazing? People whose lives get turned around by finding Christ in the church, getting delivered, and then generationally that being blessed. See, that's what that, I love. That. The Bible says, bring up your parents in the way that they shall go. <laughs> Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of us should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. All right. All right. No, no, no. But cheerfully. Hey, that's my harvest. I'm giving my seed an assignment. I'm believing for my family to be saved. I'm believing for God to bless me so I can be a blessing in Jesus' name. Look what the Bible says. God loves a cheerful giver and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. (laughs) Number five, and I'm done. Praise the Lord. Watch this. Seed produces after their own kind. Genesis 1, God said, let the land produce vegetation. Seed-bearing plants and trees on the land, watch this, that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And so it was so. The land produced vegetation. Watch this. Plants bearing seed according to their kind and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kind. Are you catching this? So the seed produces after its own kind. Again, what's your harvest? How will you know what your harvest is? I want to tell you, God has blessed us, church. I love this scripture. I don't I know I didn't pull it out, but it says, Paul says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this world to not put their faith in the uncertainty of riches, but teach them to be generous in the words and in the Lord's work. I want you to notice this. When we think, you might see today go, yeah, that's for people who are rich in this world. I'm going to tell you, relatively speaking, we are the richest people, the poorest person in here. I tell you, I know people in India that give their right arm to have your level of poverty. And I want to tell you, God has blessed us. And I want to encourage you to be a good sower and to be, to be the head and not the tail. It's got to start somewhere. It's, I mean, for me, I remember the very first thing I had to do was break a poverty mentality. I had to get that off my life. I, you know, Sharon, you know, when I first got a job working as a pastor, and this is back in 1983, and I remember I had a good job. I had a good salary. I was being paid a really good salary. I was an installer technician for an electronics company. I had a company car. And the pastor came to me and said, Steve, would you come and work for the church? There's so many young people. The youth group went from 18 young people to 300. And I was working six days a week as a youth leader. And then I went, I'd love to, because this is ridiculous how hard I'm working and I'm doing all this youth after hours. And then he said, we'd love to have you as our youth pastor. I said, praise the Lord. I made one mistake. I didn't ask him how much he'd pay me. And so my first week of pay, I remember I was so excited. Sharon and I hadn't had, we were married, but we had no children. And we were believing God to have a family. And we were believing God to buy a house. We hadn't any of these things yet. And I remember I was back then, I was after taxes taken home, $400 a week after taxes. And I thought, I wonder what the church will pay me. 
And I remember I got my, and I thought, what would they pay me? Well, maybe instead of not after taxes, maybe, you know, um, like maybe if they just paid me $400 a week. And I thought that's reasonable. I didn't expect that the church was going to provide a youth pastor with a company car. So I thought, well, that'd be appropriate. We could believe God on that. I got my first week's pay and I had a sudden urge to go to the restroom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you want to open this up. And see, this is back in the days, young people used to get paid cash back in those days. It was in a little envelope. And so I opened it up and there it was. I counted it and I couldn't believe it. I went, this is impossible. It was $169 gross. That was the total salary. And this is the honest truth. I went back to the accountant's office. I said, I think I got the wrong person's pay. And she goes, your name's Steve Kelly. I said, yeah. She goes, that's your pay. I said, is it a timing difference in the week? Is this really the pay? She goes, that's your full-time salary. I went home that night and Sharon says, did you get paid? I said, "Mm mm-hmm. She goes, well, what did you get paid? I said, $169. She goes, how much did you get paid? Now remember, we're believing God to buy a house. We're believing God to live off my salary. Our rent was $129 a week. And I'm getting paid $169. I'm tithing first, I'm paying taxes second. And then all I can do is barely pay the rent. And Sharon cried and I cried. And she goes, we'll never have a family. I said, have a family? We're never owning a house. You're working for the rest of your life, girl. We can't survive on this. And God spoke to me. He said, Steve. He calls me that because that's my name. I said, God, $169 gross. That's so gross. How am I going to have a family? How am I going to have buy a house on that? And God spoke something to me then and it stayed with me and it's in me to this day. He said, I am Jehovah Jireh and I am your provider and I will supply all your needs according to my riches and my glory, not according to your income. That day I said to Sharon, we're not saying we'll never buy a house. We're not saying we'll never have a family. We're going to say we choose not to have one now. But harvest is coming. Seed time and generosity and faith. And we will break the poverty mentality. We look to God and not to man. Come on, somebody. Hey, that's my harvest. (laughs) You can be seated. I got to finish. My time is up. I love Caleb. He speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, come on, man. Moses promised me when I was 40 that I would take this promised land and he would give me a portion of land that would be just for me. And now God's kept me alive for 85 more, 40, 40, 40 more years. And he goes, now here I am, 85 years young. I'm just as strong. And I'm just as willing to go to battle now as I was 40 years ago. Do you know where he was going? He was saying, hey, that's my harvest. These giants owe me rent. They've been occupying my land. Come on, somebody. Name your seed. You have a great opportunity today to do something great for God and see the house of God continue to do all that God's called it to do. Do you receive the word? I think that's good preaching. Do you receive the word? Have you got a harvest in mind? 
Have you got a harvest in mind? Don't just be a good sower. Understand the reaping part of it as well. In Jesus' name. I feel like if all we do is teach giving, we haven't taught the whole truth. We got to teach it's sowing and it's reaping. But you got to know what reaping looks like. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for all that you've done through it. But I thank you, Lord. The best is still yet to come. And I'm asking God for a spirit of faith that, Lord, even through this word, that we would actually have eyes to the harvest. Lord, that you would speak to us individually and collectively. I thank you, Father, for enlargement. I thank you, Lord, for expansion. I thank you, Lord, for a lengthening and a strengthening, for a breaking out that what you're doing in and through Awakened Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I want to do one more thing. I came all the way from Virginia Beach to be with you, and I'm so glad to be with you. Praise the Lord. I'm enjoying the sunshine. Can I tell you something? Jesus loves you. Everybody online, listen to me. Look at me now. Scary thought. Look at me. When God looks at you, He looks at you through Jesus' colored glasses. He looks past your worst. He sees us in our worst. He knows us in our worst. But by seeing through that, He brings out your best. You see, you were created by God. And you God has a plan and God has a purpose for your life. And it starts with giving your life to Him. God is not mad at you. I know you turn on the TV preachers and you think God was angry with everybody. No, no, no. Listen, when you woke up this morning, God smiled. You put a smile on God's face. He loves you. He's got great plans and a great purpose for you. There's a God-shaped hole inside of each and every one of us. You can try and fill it with fame, fortune, success, drugs, sex, whatever you want to fill it with. But only God can fill it. And I want to pray for you this morning and everybody online. If you say, Steve, pray for me. Include me in a prayer of knowing Christ. Maybe this morning you need to come back to Jesus. I want to pray for you. Church, you're going to believe with me to see people give their life to Jesus today. You're going to believe with me? Come on, there's some, some faith in the room. Is that the greatest harvest of them all? The salvation of mankind? So we're going, to, we're going to close our eyes in just a moment. We're going to pray. And if you say, Steve, pray for me. Steve, you're talking to me. Steve, include me in that prayer. I want you to do something. Look at me now. I just want you to take your hand when we pray. And I just want you to hold it up high enough and long enough for me to see it. So I know who I'm praying for online. I want to encourage you. You reach out in this moment as well. And let's believe God. Right now, let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Friend, if I'm talking to you, you say, Steve, include me in that prayer. Steve, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get right with God. Would you lift your hand right now? That's it. That's it. Hands all over the building. Everywhere I'm looking, there's just hands everywhere. Keep lifting them. Keep lifting them. Keep lifting them. God bless you. God bless you. I mean, seriously, there's probably 40 hands, maybe more, the people here this morning lifting their hand. Anybody else? Come on, lift it up. Come on. We're waiting just for you. If you haven't lifted your hand, but you know you should, you want to get right with God. You want to give your life to Jesus. That's it. Keep lifting them all over the building. Church, can we give a lot? Lord, a huge hand for such an immediate and an incredible response. Amen. God, you can do better than that. Let's give God some prayer. Hey, that's my harvest. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
I ask You this morning to come into my life, to make Yourself real to me. I receive You now as my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' Name, I am a Christian. Everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.